All right, gang, let's jump into this shit. Uh, still, still want to say thank you. Still want to say thank you. My audience is growing uh, officially at monetization status. Thank you guys so much for listening to me babble. Uh, let's just keep the good times going. Gang, we got a couple of housekeeping notes before we jump into what I hope will be a little bit more lighthearted show. I think I need it. First and foremost, I, I, I want to send a personal uh, thank you to uh, Dr. J. Bundy. You guys haven't subscribed. I got some new people. Why haven't you subscribed? You haven't checked out at Pocket Locker 86 yet, have you? Why not? You want to know why? I'll tell you what did I tell everyone else. because you're a bad person. You are a bad person. And you will continue to be a bad person unless you subscribe Find Jay Bundy, the smartest fuck face on the goddamn planet. And the time, in the 60 seconds I have been recording, that fuck face just knocked out 17 more PhDs. That fuck face shits out more knowledge than what most people will ever gain in a lifetime. So hit him up at PocketLocker86. Tell him Uncle Bobby sent you. Let's rock and roll. Uh, I feel like the Black Rocky, and he's like my fucking Black Mickey. Right? I was like, hey, I feel pretty good. I got a thousand subs. Like, hey, fuckface, that isn't shit. You need to get to 10 grand. I was like, that's like 9,000 more. Even my dumbass can count, right? And so I was like, okay. I'd play the music, but now I get hit with demonetization. So I feel like he's like, you know, fanning me and shit. Like, oh, oh, cut me, fuckface. Right? He's like, yo, Adrian, I did it. So, all right, I celebrated yesterday's a thousand. That's three. Only three sneezes from Buddy. So I get... What the fuck? I got a little update on my computer there. Back on topic. So I celebrated yesterday's 1,000. And yeah, keeping my head down, let's keep on trucking. Now, gang, two items before we get into the happier part of today's show. Let's get this thing. It won't get off my computer. I hope this doesn't turn it off. Watch this be like a self-destruct button or something. Okay. Back on topic. Will you stop giving me feedback? Jesus Christ. You're interrupting my show. Let's do this. Gang, there was a video on Twitter this morning. Did you guys see it? Go peep my timeline at rcread 40 I posted that shit. It's in Utah. There were four white boys. I would say black face, but it's black body. Their arms, their everything was painted. The four white boys were in blackface and in prison jumpsuits. Then there were four white girls dressed as cops. Do the math. First and foremost, I I hope I don't have to tell you guys what a career-limiting move that is. Not unless they run for Fox, uh, try to work for Fox, or maybe become, I don't know, president. But that's a career-limiting move. 5, 10, 15 years from now, when those idiots are filling out a job application, whether they realize it or not, it's going to be stapled to every job application they ever fill out. Not fast enough, at least not to my liking, but the world is changing. Fuck around and dress in blackface then you will soon find out what you have done to your future. But gang, the real reason why I want to bring this up 
is because some people saw that same video at work today. <laughs> and almost every person said the same thing. They were shocked. They were surprised. They were flabbergasted. They were gobsmacked. I can't believe. Why didn't their parents? This is what I, listen to what you're saying. Do you know where your big sin is? Yes, and atheists just use the word sin. Go fuck yourself. Your sin is assuming their parents didn't approve. Gang, this is something I have been saying quite literally since I was a child. So for as long as there is a Joe and a Jack and Jack is black, there will always be racism. I learned early in life that racially, I'll always be behind the eight ball. Doesn't mean I'm not going to achieve. Doesn't mean I'm not going to fucking work. But my skin tone, it's a liability. It absolutely can be a fucking liability. And so when people are sitting here and they see these videos and they're shocked, they're surprised, right? And again, why did their parents teach them differently? Again, you're assuming that their parents don't feel the exact same way. You guys remember that fucked up ass uh, was about maybe five years ago. <clears throat> and I told one of the people at work this and she was shocked because it's like what five and not like 500 years ago. It's like, no, it was like five years ago. Again, people like to think that racism is something that stopped 90 years ago. It's like, no, absolutely not. There was a fraternity, uh, SAE, at Oklahoma. And they were singing some fucked up ass chant. I can't remember what it was all the way, but it, you know, you can hang a nigger from a tree, but they'll never sign with me. They'll never be a nigger in SAE. Okay, someone filmed that and it got out. The good news is Oklahoma kicked that chapter off their campus. I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this as a Texas grad. Good job, Oklahoma. But the main idiot, the main racist in that video, his father was also an SAE. And they asked him about what his son did. You remember what the father said? What seems to be the problem? We sang that song. Again, gang, again, I don't want to spend all day on this because I want to actually have some fun. But again, I'll tell you what I told the lady this morning who was just shocked at that video is only five years old. Racism hasn't gone away. And she was like, well, I, I, I don't see it. And I was like, it happens every day. It happens underneath your nose. And I gave her several examples of stuff that came out of her mouth. Again, the bar for racism is low. Congratulations. Mazel tov that you went an entire day without calling me a nigger or a Mexican a wetback or some other crap. Racism, like misogyny, men, it happens every day. Sometimes we are unwilling participants in it. Right? So again... Yeah, yeah, it's still going on. And yeah, you. I'm telling you now, stop acting shocked and surprised. 
It's like going to a strip club. You're like, is that a tit? What do you expect? You walked into a strip club. America was built on the foundations of racism. The rights of everyone, not a Christian, white, land-owning male, had to literally be written in. You know, those things called amendments. This country was built for white men by others. And others, people that don't look like them. People that don't have the same dangly parts. Right? Again, I'm not shitting on my white brothers. But I'm just keeping it real. It's the way it T.I. is. So when people are shocked that something racist happened in America, I'm like, why? Why are you shocked that this is still going on? What, you thought it went away because some guy named Martin gave a couple speeches? And you only remember one thing about it? Judge not by the content of it. Shut the fuck up. Right? So again, gang, if we're going to turn the page on this topic, we need to stop acting shocked and surprised when a country that was built on racism acts racist. Now, I give credit to the people that were filming. I do. Kind of like, you shut the fuck up. And to close this portion out, again, no movement gains traction until its antithesis joins in. I can make these videos all day long. I can even leave my house and be called a nigger, which still happens. I can sit here and say, shut the fuck up. But you guys have seen those videos. Right? When the black person strikes back, fights back. Again, never mind that the white person called the black person a nigger 900 times. It's, well, why did you hit him? Again, this is not a call to violence. But to my white fam fam, I need you. We all need you. Right? This stuff will start to take a more drastic turn in direction. As in, we'll hear more, less and less and less about these stories. But again, it's got to come because my white fam fam said, enough of this bullshit. Right? Just like when a man steps up and says something fucked up about one of our sisters. You're like, yo, please notice how no one's laughing. Asshole. Step up or step out of the game. That's what I need. That's what we need from my white family members. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. The 1800s called. They want their black face back. The fuck's wrong with you? We may look the same, but goddammit, we're not the same. So my white fam fam, I know I can count on you. And I love you. To my white fam fam. Okay, let's move on to one more thing before we have some fucking fun. Me and Bundy talked about this on our last show. And it's the whole Horschel Walker thing. And I remember saying it, he said it. Because we heard a video by Lindsey Graham. <clears throat> you already know this story's fucked up, right? And it was... Basically, it was, we can't be racist. We like Herschel, right? Oh, we, we can't be racist. We're going to vote for Herschel. He's black. He's I remember he said he's a black African-American. He played football. He said everything other than he's qualified to do the job. Right? And, gang, sometimes I just sit and I think, that thing that we were taught when we were kids, you know, you can do anything you want, just put your mind to it. 
we need to start hanging an asterisk by it and say, you know what, so certain conditions do apply. It, it, it's this whole, it's like the whole Trump thing. And again, I understand, I do. People being caught up in the hype six years ago. You know, no one talks like him. Holy shit, he's just different. And, you know, like, and the people are like, well, when I say, why did you vote for that guy? It's like, well, we voted for him because he's not a politician. We like that. Politics is the job description. And it's like only with the president of the United States, you know, the most powerful person in the free world, that we celebrate that they're not qualified. Right? Again, when your partner is sitting there, Squeezing out a kid from in between their legs. The shit goes wrong. Your kid's a little bit injured. Your partner's got a massive infection. And when people ask what happened, they're like, well, I called the carpenter. It's like, wait. Your partner was having a baby, right? Well, yeah. Why did you call a carpenter? Well, I called the carpenter because the carpenter's not an OBGYN. What? It seems like only with the president of the United States and other political offices to where we look at the job description and say, yeah, fuck that shit. Gang, Herschel Walker is violently unqualified to do this job. And here's the fucked up thing. The Trumplicans, they, they, again, gang, they stopped lying long time ago. I give them credit for being upfront and totally honest about their depraved nature, right? Several. I know Carrie Lake has said it. Uh, Dana Lash, 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 whatever her name is from the NRA, <coughs> or formerly, she said it. It was right after the Horschel Walker abortion thing. You know what they said? We don't give a damn. Well, that's your platform. We don't care. We do not care. We're taking over the House and the Senate. We're going to make America great. I, can, I can't even finish this since you're just gross to say it out loud. They don't care. And they will put Herschel Walker, a violently underqualified human being, in that seat so far as long. Because they know they can put their hands up his booty hole and make him say, what, again, he's their puppet. Now, gang, you, I know you guys have heard the, the pastor already. We're going to play it again because this needs to be said. Gang, I love it when people take the gloves off. Play to the belt, hashtag, and professional. Enough with the foolishness. Right, we spent four years under Trump. You know, you know, Donald Trump said that. No, he didn't say that. Okay, let's press the play button on the YouTube video. Did you hear that? He said what I said he did, didn't he? Well, you took it out of con okay. You know, stop, stop, stop being nice. Call a spade a spade. That stuff that came out of my booty hole this morning smelled terrible. 
I just called it a bouquet of roses. Now, is it a bouquet of roses? Stop with the foolishness. Herschel Walker needs to be a politician about as much as I need to be an oral surgeon. Okay? This pastor, gang, it makes me want to go back to church. Now, these are the pastors that I grew up with. Gang, this man's energy and his words say it all. So why don't we let this man say it all? I ripped this off of uh, Texas Paul. Have you guys seen his stuff? Dude's fucking fantastic. Tell you what. It's, where are we? Make sure. Oh, okay. You guys ready? Let's roll the tape. Maybe not. Roll the tape. It's amazing. This will fill you with energy and, and it's just, well, just, just, just show it. Just yep, show just roll it. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Republican Party of Georgia moved Herschel Walker from Texas to Georgia so that he could run for Senate, it's because change was taking too fast in the post-antebellum South. The state had been flipped blue, and there are some principalities that were not prepared for a black man and a Jewish man to go to Senate at the exact same time. So they figured that they would delude us by picking somebody who they thought would in fact represent us better with a football than with a degree in philosophy. They thought we were so slow, that we were so stupid, that we would elect the lowest caricature of a stereotypical broken black man as opposed to somebody. Pause the tape, I'm sorry, I wanted to let y'all, we're, we're gonna listen to it, don't worry. Okay, my mom, I mean, told both me and my sister, Never appeal to the lowest common denominator. It's a lesson I will never forget. Now, gang, there's nothing wrong with talking with a little flavor, right? Not everyone's going to sound the same, look the same. And in terms of being black, when I hear the bullshit from a white person, I'm blacker than you. At this stage, I just ignore it, right? Whatever race there was to run, I want it the moment my dad fucked my mom. Shut the fuck up. But the caricature of a black man. He's absolutely right, gang. I've said it once. I'll say it again. In what universe are Diamond and Silk legit political commentators? Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look this phrase up. It has historical precedent it is an insult it is donald trump said this shit live on tv and they did it when he was introducing diamond and silk i'll never forget it come on out here and do a little routine for us gang that is dance boy it is and you know what they did they didn't come out and um we, we support Donald Trump, you know, his policies on immigration. And, no. Mm -hmm, chow, mm -hmm, and all this finger snapping and neck rolling, costume jewelry, frosted hair tips in the 2000s, 2006. Shut the fuck up. An educated black woman like Michelle Obama 
is not seen. I'm sorry, my apologies. As Dr. Michelle Obama is not seen as black as Diamond and Silk. And when, so I had to pause it on that one. When he said, when, to put forth this caricature of a black man, that is Herschel Walker. Big, strong buck, played football, entertain me, boy. That's who they're putting forth. Just roll the tape who is educated and erudite and focused. Y'all ain't ready for me today. Since Herschel Walker was 16 years old, white men been telling him what to do, telling him what school to go to, where to live, where to eat, where to buy a house, where to run, where to sit down, where to sleep, where to pay for abortions, where to buy a gun. And they, you think they not gonna tell him how to vote? In 2022, we don't need a walker, we need a runner. We need somebody who gonna run and tell the truth about January 6th. We need somebody who gonna run and push for the cancellation of student loan debts. We need somebody who gonna run and make the former president respond to a subpoena. We don't need a walker, we need somebody who will be steadfast unmovable, always abounding, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Georgia, I need you to know, the slave Negroes y'all are used to don't live here no more. We can think for ourselves, function for ourselves, and vote for ourselves. Why? Because we don't need a walker. Did I tell you? Pause the tape, in the tape. I'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> Let's go to church, right? But he nailed it. I, 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 I could not not talk about that, gang. Absolutely 5,000%. That man nailed it. And I want to say a little something before we jump into the meat of today's fun. But, yeah, eh, stop. This is an insult. Herschel Walker is not a political candidate. He just isn't. Gang, again, everything that man said was 100% spot on, stinking fucking correct. I'm almost at a loss for words because I can't believe that this is our reality. To sit there and listen, and again, just listen. They're taking all our clean air. We clean the air, then we put it back in the air, and then it goes to China, and China sends us their dirty air. Now, they say that evolution is real. There has to be a God. So if evolution is real and we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? Gang, Herschel Walker is not qualified to run a bath, much less hold a Senate seat. And this whole crap that, again, escaping the Democratic plantation and the blase and the glavenoids, talking point after talking point after talking point, 
which just amounts to nothing but a hill of bullshit, right? And again, I've, I've had people say it to my face, and it's the whole, what, a black man can't be a free thinker? And again, please notice the definition of black free thinker is a black person that parrots white supremacist talking points. Candace Owens, Hodge Twins, Diamond and Silk, right? The Officer Tatum. They get, oh, oh, why are you mad at Bose? Bose is a good man. You know you don't work for no black folk. Why are you mad at Bose? Right? So again, enough of the BS. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Bottom line, race be damned. Let everything else just be damned. Herschel Walker is ready for the Senate the way I am ready to get out of this seat with a badass hip and go run the fucking Boston Marathon. Stop it. That man is not qualified. He is not qualified. And the only way to make sure that he is as irrelevant as it gets is to vote people like him and the rest of them into a state of irrelevancy. Give me a break. Now, gang, let's have a little bit of fun. <laughs> Finally. Prime Generation X. Ten bucks says your Generation X. What is that? Uh, 65 to like 83, 84. Oh, Generation X is the best. And the reason why I say that, other than I'm a member, is we're smack dab in the middle, gang. We're smack dab in the middle. We grew up <clears throat> without all the fancy schmancy stuff of today. But we're just young enough to learn how to work these things, right? And to appreciate it. Today's kids, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all, right? The, 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 the generations, what is that? I'm about to bounce. I just bounce. Hashtag a professional. What is that? Z, Millennial, and the other ones, whatever the hell came next. They grew up and they don't know what it's like not to have high-speed internet. You guys remember when internet first came out and it was AOL online? And you had to take your phone landline and literally plug that shit in only after you unplugged your phone. So that means you could not get any phone calls, right? And you guys remember that? Turn your stuff on. You guys remember trying to jerk to fucking AOL online, right? By the time you got from her head to like maybe the top of her tit, you were done because it took so long to download. Like, oh yeah, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. But you would try to time it, but you couldn't time it right because you're not used to this. You're like, oh, nowadays, kids, please go fuck yourself. You just hit play, bam, you can pause the shit, you can rewind the shit. It's in high fucking definition. You guys remember trying to jerk to AOL online? That was a that was a gladiator sport. Again, kids, you've got no idea how lucky you got it, but back on topic. Generation X, we grew up with the toughness, but we have learned to appreciate the softness. We've got the give and the take.
right? Again, I, I, I can go on for days. I'm going to try not to. But again, I think about because I, I was talking about this at work. And again, gang, I'm not the same person I was two, three decades ago. Right? It's not an excuse. It is an explanation. If you played football in the 80s and the 90s like I did, again, not an excuse. Just an explanation. It, it's how you talked. Right? Anything that you did negative was either something stereotypically feminine or homosexual. What? But did you miss the tackle? You fucking faggot? Were you sucking a dick? What are you a bitch? Right? Gang, that was wrong. That was a hundred percent wrong. I still remember. For my new subs, I think my older subs have heard this one before. Was I like in the ninth grade? Yeah, because you really packed the stadiums at ninth grade football, right? And I was admittedly dogging it. I was. And coach took, right? You heard out of no... Robert Reed, don't lay it down like some goddamn woman. So you know what I didn't do? I didn't lay it down like a goddamn woman. I picked up my pace. Gang, if you were to say that today... You would get woo out of your mouth and you would be rightfully escorted out of the stadium. Here's your last paycheck. Give us back the keys to the building. Get the fuck out. My point in bringing that up is I was brought up in that intellectual and social brutality, but I'm just young enough to be able to hear the input and be like, I got it. I need to change. I need to change. And I have changed. And I'm still changing. The generation before me, you're like, oh, what's wrong with calling them ring? You're like, us right here in the middle. We are the pliable ones. Again, we had yesteryear's brutality, and we're mixed with today's flexibility, right? So Generation X, we're the fucking best. Now I got a fucking video here, and I don't know really what's on it, but it, I had to click on it because, again, I need a little bit lighter topic and let's have some fun. 1980s things that are not socially acceptable today. This ought to be good. Now, gang, I am early 70s. Again, boy, yeah, oh yeah. Born in the early 70s, born, spent the entirety of my life, minus some of my professional jobs, I spent my life underneath the Mason-Dixon line. You know how you know I spent my life underneath the Mason-Dixon line? Because I'm a middle-aged man who's had the words Mason-Dixon line. I got to imagine this video is going to be spot the fuck on. Again, there are just some things that we did in yesteryear that you could not get away with today. Mindsets, words, actions, no way. No fucking, before we roll this tape, another one real fast. One of my uh, work daughters, I've watched her grow up. Someone from her generation sent a text, a work message to someone from my generation. It was like confirming a meeting time or something like that. The Gen Xer saw it. 
Just to confirm, sent the emoji of the thumbs up. Apparently, that's a sign of being passive aggressive. And so the younger, the millennial was all in the Gen X person's booty hole. How dare you dismiss me and everything else. And I'm like, holy shit. See, because in my day, thumbs up was just a thumbs up. Now, maybe it means something else these days. And again, I, I'm not really married to anything. Plus, I spend the majority of my time alone. So, yeah, but still. Times change. But let's go have some fun and watch this video. You guys ready? Hold on, let's get this thing queued up. Roll the tape. 40 years ago, things were very different. MTV was just catching on and Atari was still very popular. We didn't have all the constant news in our face, but our social media was hanging out with friends and- Pause the tape already. Absolutely right. Do you guys remember the good old days? Was it around 10 o'clock? The last show would play, they'd play the national anthem, you see the little image of the flag, then what would happen? Ooh. That was it. And then you got the little, the black, the red, the yellow, the, the colors, the little numbers on the bottom. Your TV, today's kids are like, what? Yeah, oh yeah. Your TV would turn off. There was no more programming. There was not this constant feed of information, of entertainment. You had to find something else to do, like, I don't know, sleep, right? So, yeah, that that was the first thing that really jumped out. They had all these pictures and the fashions and the, the booty shorts and the feathered hair. Oh, gang, this is taking us back. Roll the tape. Family. Some of the things we used to do would probably get you arrested now. Oh, yeah. Safety standards in cars were... Pause the tape. First, I'm going to move this fan. You here. New subscribers. Team mascot. The blind, deaf, toothless, formerly homeless dog. Who's the star of the show? That's Buddy. Let's get the uh, fan moving. Hold on, Buddy. Go walk it off. But, oh, yeah. You want to talk about things that can get you arrested today? Again, not a debate. We'll do that in another show. You guys remember corporal punishment? And by corporal punishment, I mean, you guys get remember getting your ass whipped? Oh, gang, holy shit. The beatings continued until morale improved. Holy crap. Who remembers the days of spankings? If you even look at a kid crossways now, man, you got to take all kinds of parenting classes and the blase and the glavenoids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And remember the tagline after your parents just wore your monkey ass out? Stop crying. Nah, I'll give you something to cry about. Now, in your mind, remember what you said? Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't just whip my own ass. I'm pretty sure you gave me something to cry about already. You didn't say that out loud. You knew better. You knew better. But, oh, yeah, things that could get you arrested today were every day, every day. If you were Generation X, roll the tape. Pretty well absent. The regulations were more like mild suggestions rather than rules or laws. Nobody wore seatbelts and many people just wondered why they were even there. Ah! Ah! Kid, Pause the tape. You guys remember the old school seatbelts, the ones that weren't retractable, that you had to like literally tighten them up 
at the buckle. How many of us wore seatbelts? We didn't. Oh, God, no. I think the first time I tried to wear the seatbelt was in mom's car. Right? I remember we got the brown hornet. I still, it was a Chevrolet. I just built hashtag and professional. Was that a Malibu? King, it was the size of a damn Sherman tank. Right? Oh, yeah, but seatbelts. I remember trying to wear, I was like, this is annoying. And it wouldn't even like zip like today's. You had to put that same Remember, You would like tuck it underneath the seat and shit. Oh yeah, those are the days. Roll the tape. You can sit in the middle of the bench seat up front and control the radio. If you wanted to see over the tall dash, then you could just simply stand up. Oh yeah. Dad may have even placed you in his lap so you could help him steer the car. Yeah, I remember it that. It's also common to see kids just packed oh! in the station wagon. Pause the tape. You guys remember the station wagons? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. By today's standards, dude, your your monkey ass is all the way in jail. There was that picture, and it looked like ten kids just stuffed in the back of a station wagon oh yeah going to soccer games or something like that you know like whose turn is it? it's miss johnson's gang miss johnson would stuff all of us just all i mean holy crap there, there were not enough seat belts in that car for all the kids but it really didn't matter because you were pretty much it was a house on four wheels you remember how sturdy yesteryear's cars were now, they only got like seven miles to the damn gallon, but oh yeah. Oh yeah, we rolled around and again, armored. We had an armored tank division, okay? You kids, like you you put a sock loogie in a damn gas tank. You can drive from Texas to New York 29 times. There's no emissions, no nothing. Shut the fuck up. Generation X cars were the best. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because they were the size of a damn school bus. But they kept you safe with your Toyota Prius and your electric cars. When we got cars, we tried to destroy the environment. Roll the tape. Maybe in the bed of a pickup truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, car yeah. seats were available for purchase, but rarely would you ever see one in a car. Mm. If your car was packed with kids, then it was usually easier just to leave them in the car and then go into the grocery store and shop. Most oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's kids. Yeah, shut up. You're all weak and so what? You, you're getting over ex uh, heat exhaustion because your parents left you in the car. In my generation, they left you in the car. Sometimes, sometimes for like punishment. If you were out to eat in a restaurant, I know today's kids, you're getting ready to wig out. If you were cutting up, you got sent to the car, Jack, and that is where you stayed. You sat your monkey ass in the car while your family finished dinner. But the real messed up part was you knew. You knew you had crossed the line. So what, your monkey ass went to like the sizzler and shit? Because back then, those were some fine vittles. And so you're like... Your mom and dad just gave you that look and time to point it. So you would go walk out to the car, which we didn't lock, by the way. And you, you just sat and you sat and you knew, one, you didn't get to finish that dinner. Your dad was going to finish that dinner. But when you got home, you were going to learn a very valuable lesson. Again, my generation, we didn't get time out. We got times up. 
and we were so tough that we got put in a car and there was no heat exhaustion, right? There was no nothing. Because like my grandmother used to say, if you die, I will kill you. Oh yeah, we sat in cars all the time, right? Roll the tape. People just left the windows rolled down and the kids <laughs> yeah. would be just fine. Kids were very active, and it wasn't uncommon just to tell your parents you were going outside to play. Oh, and yeah. Disappear for most oh, of their yeah, day, just not all of it. God. It was always easy to tell where all the neighborhood kids were. The bikes! The bikes! Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. You guys remember that? You never had to ask where your homies were, right? Yet, yeah, wherever there was this, and you didn't even put the kickstand. You would ride and just let that son of a bitch fall and you'd walk in someone's house and do it. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Gang, the bike is today's driver's license. Getting your bike was a license of independence. Freedom, freedom. Oh, yeah, oh. You would ride all day long. And again, for us, Punishment was being made to sit inside of your house. Yeah. Again, we all had the same rules, didn't we? Have your black ass home. Have your ass home before the what? Before the streetlights come on. And gang, you pushed it. You pushed it. Because you did not want to be the last person off the damn uh, basketball court. Or whatever you were doing. You stayed out there to the last minute and your monkey ass was stroking like Carl Lewis trying to break the 100 and the 200. You're like, oh. you look at that lights. Oh. You turn it like Barry Allen, like run, Barry, run. Because if you got home one minute late, oh, I'm sorry. If we got home one minute late, gang, when the major said, Whatever he said, he meant. There was no leniency. There was no, oh, I'll give you enough. If dad said you are home at 6 o'clock and you were home at 6 o'clock in one second, we're a military family. So in a military family, if you are on time, you're late. There were no second chances. So, oh, yeah, you stayed out and, oh, yeah, and again, you, I'm looking right now. Two of the bikes, they're up. The rest, you just laid it down. And again, oh yeah. The bike was freedom. And oh, oh, oh. Generation X, we're the best. Roll the tape. If that wasn't seen, then most of the kids would knock on their friend's door to see if they were home and if they wanted to come out and play. If you went around riding bikes, then you certainly didn't wear a helmet. Most people couldn't even see these in stores to buy. And if you pause the tape, gang, there were no helmets, no helmets, at least not where I'm from. Again, by the time a kid walks out of the door, holy crap. It's like, dude, are you going to go outside and play? Or are you trying to join the Knights of the Round Table? Darth Vader did not wear as much armor as today's kids. You got a damn custom-made helmet, right? So you don't get any CTE. You got a mouthpiece. You got fucking little guards for every one of your little fingertips. 
so you don't jam your little precious fingernails. Or you got like a little neck guard, like you're a major league umpire. You don't want to get beaned in the fucking throat by a 99 mile an hour fucking fastball from Nolan Ryan. You got a cup, you got thigh pads, you got hip pads. You got something to wrapped around you to protect your aura and your spirit. You're wearing shin guards, and you just got to take a piss, because just in case you bump your shins into the end of the fucking toilet, like, oh, mom. Then your mom's like, oh, don't worry, son. We're going to sue the maker of the toilet and make a million dollars. You're very important. Like, shut the fuck up. Gang, and you remember that pad that was in the middle of the bike? You guys that, right? How many of us took that thing off just because? Then some of us had to find out the hard way on why that pad was on that middle beam of the bike. Who engineered that bike, gang? I still remember my learning lesson. Patrick Carter. Patrick Carter, wherever you are, fuck you and your bike. I don't know why I did not listen when they said Pat doesn't have brakes on his bike. Gang, my monkey ass had a full head of steam. I would have left Lance Armstrong in the fucking background. I was going at least Mach 17, right? Like, oh, right? The fucking, it was, it was fucking fast as shit. Gang, you guys remember you go forward and then you would, bam, you'd go backwards a little bit to stop your bike, to slow your bike. I went back. And back, and back, and back. Nothing happened. Gang, I can't remember what I hit, but I went bam, forward, whoom, straight down. I've got a pretty deep voice. Let's just say I didn't have a deep voice after that. Not only did Pat not have the damn pad underneath the, that crossbar, his monkey ass didn't have brakes. What kind of dark-hearted, non-Christian household was Pat Carter raised in? And Pat, if you see this, I still haven't forgiven you. This roll the tape. Good, they wouldn't have even wanted them. Same thing with elbow pads and knee pads. Uh, yeah. Most kids just thought it was cool to show off your latest injury or mm. skinned knee. If you happen to be too far from home too late, then no problem. Find one of the payphones that were all over the place. And if you didn't have... Gang, pause the tape. Payphones? Come on. One, do you think today's kids even know how to use a push button or a rotary phone? No. Just think about how germaphobic we are right now. Did I say germaphobic? Is that even a word? Let's just roll with it. Back on topic. Gang, right now... Gang, I, I, I'm no better. Hold on. Ah. All right, where's Buddy? Buddy's asleep on my shoes, gang. Because, Buddy, hold on. Hold on. Do I still have it up here? All right, maybe I toughened. Oh, nope, there it is. Look, I'm over here talking shit. I'm over here drinking the Kool-Aid. Look at this right here. Ah. Hand sanitizer. Left over from COVID, I'm sure. Can you imagine with today's standards? We never once thought about whose face, whose mouth was on the receiver, right? You just picked up the phone. You put in your dime. I remember when it got to a quarter because dad would always say, never leave the house without a quarter. 
when we started driving, right? If you were to say that to a Gen X person, never leave the house without a quarter, you knew what that meant. If you said it to someone born in the 2000s, you're like, why do I need a quarter? Right? Just how nasty. But that's why we're the best. You don't see us falling over these mysterious diseases. You want to know why? Because we were raised in abject filth. Not only do we have, the, remember what else, what, what we had? When you went to a public bathroom and we never thought, maybe I shouldn't use that. At a truck stop, at a gas station on like a family trip, what would you do? You'd wash your hands and that thing that just kept coming, it, but it was on the sin, the circle thing, Emo Popper, gang, who, who, who went and wiped their ass with their bare hands and then dried it on that and your monkey ass came in 15 minutes later, it's like, oh, this is totally sanitary. Not only did we put our face on pay phones, we used dosing. Remember, gang, you might as well dry your hands on a dirty diaper if you ever use one of those things. How are we still alive? Gang, roll the tape. Then that wasn't a problem either. Your parents knew when they got the collect call. <laughs> you collect. have a collect call from. I'm at the community center. Do you accept charges? Your mom and dad would just come and pick you up and load up the bikes if you had them. Otherwise... Gang, pause the tape. Hold on. They just... I'm at the community center. Do you accept charges? Your mom and dad would just come and... Gang, pause the tape. So they're showing a picture of a station wagon. We called ours the tank. A 1984 Chevy Impala station wagon. That thing is probably still somewhere looking the exact same. Holy snot balls. Gang, look how big that car is. And it was just me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. I'm looking at it and I'm like, what Brady Bunch bullshit... Who needs a car this big? Right? I'm looking at... And I remember it did not matter. It did not matter. Whether we were driving from Louisiana to Texas, Texas back to Louisiana, it did not matter. Dad is military. And by military, I mean... Even though he's retired, he never really retired. And so Dad, who's also a math major, almost got his PhD, he'd always load the back of the station wagon to be, you know, geometrically sound and aerodynamic, but on the driver's side, there was this strip of nothing and he would lay out a uh, uh, sleeping bag. So either me or my sister could always crawl in the back because that's exactly what you did when you were hurtling at 55, 55 miles an hour. Do you guys remember 55 miles an hour? If you got tired and you needed to lay down, dad had that little cubby portion for us to lay down. And now, because I, I was like, how did we do that? Now I'm looking at this car. Now I know exactly how. Because this car is huge. Roll the tape. Pick you up and load up the bikes if you had them. Otherwise, your parents just expected you to be home by the time the street lights came on. 
Smoking was still very big and oh, smoke yeah. in the home and in the car oh, with kids oh, still yeah. in it. Oh yeah. Secondhand smoke was just something that everyone had to live with and most people weren't worried about exposing it to kids. It wasn't uncommon to see people just smoking away in restaurants and most of them Positive gang, I hate smoking. I absolutely positively hate smoking. The only cigarette smoke for whatever reason that I can tolerate is my best friend's. I don't know why, but when he smokes, it does not bother me. But when other people smoke, I'm like, if there's a God, please strike this fucker down right now. But gang, back when I was a kid, holy shit, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Pizza Inn. Who remembers Pizza Inn? Please go fuck yourself. If you remember Pizza Inn, congratulations. Your joints hurt in the morning and you've got gray hair. Holy shit. There was no place that you could go. Even if you went, gang, holy shit. Miss Silva, like my second mom, wherever we moved, for whatever reason, the Silvers were always right there. Miss Silva just... There were two things that you needed to know if you walked into Miss Silva's house. One, you're going to walk out smelling like cigarette smoke and don't say a fucking thing. Two, if you did not know the Española, she wouldn't talk to you. Now, I don't, I still don't speak Spanish, but I do understand it. You want to know why? Because it was sink or swim. Period in the story, right? I have to call her after this. Half the conversation will be in Spanish. I guarantee it. So again, you just sat there at your friend. Today's again. Oh, do you have a peanut anywhere within a mall in your house? You do? Okay. We can't come over. But if you do have one, I'm going to sue you. You can go fuck yourself. You, you sit there and you're like, oh, mijo. No, no, no. Come, come give me a kiss, mijo. Oh, yeah. Mijo, what do you want? Some enchiladas, mijo? No, no, no. Tell her to call me when you get home. And you know what? And you fucking took it. And do I have cancer? You want to know why I don't have cancer? I'm Generation X. We cannot die. You want to know why? Because we lived in abject filth. We wiped our hands on some bullshit. We had people smoke, putting smoke in our fucking faces we got sent out in the car and it was 700 degrees and that was just outside and they made you sit in the car but you know what that shit made us tough roll the tape probably didn't even have smoking sections nope things were so different back then that there were cigarette machines in front of some stores and restaurants no id pause the tape how many not only not only not only did we have those cigarette vending machines how many of you got sent to the store to buy cigarettes for an adult in your family? You could not keep your underwear clean, but you were buying cigs at the age of 12. You guys remember those days? Huh? Hold, I'm trying to remember. Who didn't I buy cigarettes for? Holy shit. Like when we were, because dad's family's from Huntsville. You go, we called it the candy store. I don't know what the fuck the real name was. We just called it the candy store. You better believe if there was money for uh, what lemon heads and stuff like that. What were those? Um, the, the, the suckers. It looked, it was about the size, a little bit bigger of like a silver dollar. And then it just had the two strings. You guys remember that? Oh, holy shit. 
if there was enough money for that, you better believe Big Mama. It's like, pick me up some marble. Oh, no. Oh, the green package. The preferred cigarette of black people everywhere. Gang. Cools. If you're from the South, how many of us brought bought cools? Wasn't that the menthol shit? Oh, yeah, that what made you tough. That's why we don't die at Generation X. Big Mama's sitting at the goddamn table. like, little ass nigga. Your daddy left me with you today. You ain't shit, nigga. You don't know how hard I had it. I gotta cook your monkey ass dinner too. I don't even like you. Give Big Mama a kiss. You guys remember those days? Oh, God damn. Millennials and your, your little vape pens. Right? Because your parents loved you. They loved you, didn't they? Yeah, you don't shut. You don't know what hard times are. Roll the tape. Check or anything. Just insert the quarters and pull the knob. Oh, yeah. It was also a time when kids would run to the convenience store and pick up some essentials. Sometimes those essentials were cigarettes, and all we needed was a note from mom or dad and a blank check. Considering how most people were about smoking, it's not surprising that alcohol would be much different. Alcohol wasn't something that kids enjoyed, but I'm sure many tasted it just to see what it was like when parents offered it. Pause the tape. So my first taste of alcohol, trying to remember which one came first. So, gang, there was a good portion of my life to where meat was not something that you got from the grocery store. Meat, nature was your grocery store. That was not a belch. I don't know. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, but that was I belch. Hashtag unprofessional. Back on topic. I was a mama's boy, but I loved hanging out with the dudes because I'm that old. Yeah, dudes did what dudes did. Women did. Hey, it was the early 70s. Go fuck yourself. And whether they went hunting or they went fishing, I'd carry my ass with them. Now, they, it didn't matter. Six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. It did not matter. You sat there, your uncle, your papa, your father, everyone, your older male cousins. Everyone is drinking, the sun's not up, and they're either fishing or they're shooting. That is another reason why Generation X will not die. The, the phenomenal combination of shooting a weapon and drinking a beer so your family could eat. Or, again, remember the hooks? Again, there is no sport fishing. You know, oh, this is beautiful. This is catch and release. No, you didn't catch and release. You catch and ate. Those hooks were like this, right? I was like, what is that, a weapon? Or he's like, no, this is where we're going to catch the fish. Or is it, are we going for jaws? What, orca? What are we going to cook with that, right? I still remember the first time, and I wasn't even drunk. I tried to cast a fishing line. 
and it got hooked in my thigh. There was no alcohol. We, what was that shit? It was a white. Oh God, white with red letters. Oh God damn! And gang, holy. I don't even know why they don't make that shit anymore. Cause they gave me a bottle like that big, but it lasted like a fucking decade, right? And one squirt, quink, gang. I was like, is it tearing the skin? Why did it hurt so bad? You never got an infection. Look back on dubbing. They would drink all morning long while shooting or casting fishing lines. Now, after about two hours, people are kind of slightly buzzed, right? So you would drink about 70% of it and you would throw it back in the cooler and just get yourself a fresh beer. Which means by the time you got back home, gang, that ice had melted. And I still remember the smell. I still remember the smell. And so I remember, because it was my job to get the fish out and throw away all the empties. And so I don't know if they saw that. You get the little plug, right? And all the melted ice water would come up. And you was because you want to know what beer tasted like. And you're like, this tastes fucking terrible. And I think that happened first. And then, like for Thanksgiving and stuff, dad would give us just a little, fill up the bottom of a glass of wine to let you drink it. And I was like, why do, this is fucking disgusting. Now look at me. Roll the tape. Being a latchkey kid was perfectly fine. Parents were busy working and doing other things, so it was quite common to see. Pause the tape. If that's a death, I don't know what latchkey is, but gang, holy shit. I loved having a key to the house. I felt like such a grown up. And my parents, because for a time, their dad was a high school football coach. And so those uh, cloth, whatever you want to call them, where your whistle's on the end, right, right? Dad took the whistle off and put the key on and gang. Was that the, definitely at least by the fourth grade. Because I remember Mr. Olsen was like, he wanted to take it away from him. He was like, you don't seem to understand. The key does not leave my neck, Mr. Olson. And I, and I remember when dad is like, okay, we're going to trust you with the house key. And they put it around your neck before you left. And that's where it was to stay. Gang, you would have thought I was giving the, getting the Congressional Medal of Honor, the fucking Presidential Freedom Award, key to this city. And there was like, again, there's like the fucking orchestra 1812 playing in the background. And he put it around my neck and I thought like a halo and the fucking the sea parted and God was talking to me. I, my chest puffed up and shit. Dang, there was nothing better than getting that key around your neck. Because that meant you 
got to come home and you had the entire house to yourself. Because I'm a grown-up. Yeah. And I remember I was allowed a cup of chocolate pudding. I was allowed to watch one 30-minute cartoon. Then I had to do my homework. And gang, I came home and I had my damn pudding. And I watched one 30-minute thing of Tom and Jerry. And I sat at my uh, desk and I did my homework. You want to know why? Because when you get a key around your neck, guess who's a grown-up? Yeah, not the people working to pay the mortgage, keep the lights on, the water running, feed, and clothe your monkey ass. Nah. I got a house key. What you know about being an adult? You scrub? I look at other people's neck. They didn't have a house key. It's like, you want to know why? You're not a grown-up. Look at that. What you know about that? Fucker. Roll the tape. Kids at home by themselves or watching younger siblings until they got home. Parents just thought if kids were old enough to dial the important numbers or 911, they were responsible enough to be at home alone. Yep. Physical punishment was also something that was viewed very differently. Paneling or swats from parents, family, or teachers was considered completely reasonable if the kids misbehaved or were disrespectful. Pause the tape. Absolutely. Again, we could debate this another time. Let's just have some fucking fun. Gang, holy shit. Not only did you get swats in your own home, if everyone else found out, it was carte blanche. Just knock yourself out. You want to whip my kid? I'll send them over there. Fuck them. Okay, but what I remember the most, even in high school, oh yeah, that's like Macho Man, oh yeah, snap into a Slim Jim, back on topic. I love my high school football coach. I know I sound like that guy, please go fuck yourself. He was one of the most instrumental people in my life. I am who I am today because of Coach Rutledge. Now, that being said, you could not run a high school football program like this today. I went to a public school, but it was ran like a church service. You can't do that. Coach Rutledge broke the law. He did. Again, that's not up for debate, but I would not change a fucking thing. You know what else Coach Rutledge did? He beat us. Yeah. E for excellent, S for satisfactory, N for needs improvement, U for unsatisfactory. He ran that thing like Bud's training. So you had to sit for the three weeks and the six weeks. It was called the red line. Once you cross the red line, about to belch. I just belch, hashtag and professional. Once you cross the red line, everything we did was full speed, full speed. If you went from here to the water fountain, you had to sprint. And when you sprint it back to get back in line, because when he gave you instructions, so once we hit the red line, you sprint it because everyone had an assigned spot on the floor. You had to sit with your legs crossed. I don't think you can say Indian style anymore. You had to sit with your legs crossed. Your backbone was like lumber. Your palms were like this. The person sitting in front of you was pretty much sitting in your lap. The person behind you, you were sitting in his. And you had to sit there. And God, 
I think it was Coach Dykes. Coach Dykes would read out everyone's grades and everyone's uh, conduct report. E, S, N, and U. And you had to stand there. Again, by today's standard, privacy and everything else, no way. And you just sat there. Now, I never got it. No way. Hell no. I can't remember what we got for grades. For an E in conduct or an S in conduct, you got no SWAT. For an N, which was needs to improve, I think you got two. If you got a U in conduct, unsatisfactory for SWAT by the defensive line coach, Pete Gibbons. Coach Gibbons played college football. He played defensive tackle. He was huge. And so if you sat there and you heard your name, so they're like, Robert Reed, geometry, B, conduct, U. The moment you heard your conduct and it was unsatisfactory, I'm not getting out of this chair. You had to get up. You had to sprint to the front. Bam. You had to bend over. You had to grab your ankles. Coach Gibbons, a college defensive line coach. I can't get up, but my fraternity paddle is over there. For a U. Wham! 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 And on the fourth SWAT, guess what you had to do? You had to sprint back in line sit down on an ass that was freshly paddled. Podcasters, just act like you can see everything I just saw. Go to YouTube. Gin and Truth on YouTube. See the physical demonstration back on topic. Can you imagine? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that was right or wrong. I'm just going to ask you. Can you imagine doing that to today's kids? Roll the tape. Punishment was usually swift and painful. Peanut allergies certainly were around back then, but kids still brought peanut butter sandwiches and All peanut the time. products to school. All the time. Peanut and other allergy bans weren't a thing. EpiPens nope. didn't hit the market until 1987, so if you had an allergy, you just had to hope you didn't die. Pretty much. If you were a teenager in the 1980s, then you didn't have Instagram or Snapchat. Your social media was hanging out at the mall with your friends. You could do a little shopping, eating, and a whole lot of hanging out. What does it take, gang? I never went to the mall. My big sister lived there. I could not stand it. You want to know why? I actually don't like being around people. I don't. I don't. I'm in this house by myself. And so far, there's one person, two fucking many, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, going to the mall? Ne I never did. Berkey would go to the mall and stay there for hours. Gang, nothing set. To this day, I still won't go to a mall. I cannot stand malls. No. Just nothing sounds worse, gang. That would be hell to me. Putting me in the middle of the mall and say, just stand there for five minutes. I would I would peel the skin off my body to get out of a mall. 
Roll the tape. Parents would allow their kids to roam the mall by themselves for hours. Kids may still go to the mall today, but not quite as much. If they hang out there all day now, they might accuse you of loitering. Yep. Chicken pox parties were something that many people had long before there was a vaccine. Most people felt it was best just to get chicken pox out of the way so you wouldn't have to worry about it later. If one kid started showing signs, then it was time to gather every other kid who hadn't gotten it for a what? good old fashioned party. Pause and tape. Did you guys do that? We did not. I had chicken pox. Berkey had chicken pox. Gang, I had a horrible. I was covered. I mean, oh, I still remember. Oh, it was fucking terrible. But I, I've heard of pox parties, right? Like you'll suck on a lollipop, send it to your next door neighbor's house. Again, I don't know what kind of dark-hearted, non-Christian household bullshit you grew up in, but Carrie, no way. No, I've heard of them. We did not have them. There was no, 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 no. Roll the tape. The PG-13 rating didn't exist until July 1st, 1984. And prior to that, no they shit. got away with a lot more. People realized that there was a huge gap between PG and R. If you take a look back at the movie Airplane, which was PG, you'll understand how wide this gap was. The movie was filled. Gang, pause the tape. Put that movie on the list of shit that you can't do today. As much as I cannot stand the term. Airplane was so violently politically incorrect. You could not make airplane today. There is no way. Just, you guys remember? God, what was that scene? It was a white woman. Oh, the black dude got sick, maybe on something that he ate. And no one could communicate with the black dude except the elderly white woman. You guys remember that? Don't worry. I speak jive. Holy shit. Get, you could not make that Caddyshack. You couldn't make it. Revenge of the Nerds. You couldn't make it. Pretty in Pink. You couldn't make it. 16 Candles. The Breakfast Club. Gang, we laughed at shit. Now, again, we were just ignorant. You can't. You, you could not make Airplane today. Holy. You guys remember Naked Gun? Do you guys remember how hard we laughed at Nordberg? You guys remember who Nordberg was? O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Fuck around and try and sell a movie to a millennial or gen, whichever one is today, with O.J. Simpson. Roll the tape. With a lot of adult humor in it, and it even showed some nudity. On August 10th, 1984, the action film Red Dawn starring Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen became the first ever PG-13 movie to be released in. Gang. I'm not going to make this a nine hour long film, but do you guys remember Red Dawn? Do you guys remember how phenomenal Red Dawn was? How many of us during a football get anything? How many of us screened Wolverines? 
Do you guys remember when they made C. Thomas Howe drink the deer's blood? When Patrick Swayze, 86, one of his friends, because he was uh, a plant for the Russians. Again, that is a movie that you couldn't make today. Red Dawn shaped a generation. I'm a better person. Because I grew up on 1984's Red Dawn Wolverines. Was that Dennis Hoffman? Oh God, just roll the tape. Theaters. Over the last 40 years, there have been many changes, not just in technology, but in regulations on what we can and cannot do. Most of the younger generations do not realize how many changes have taken place. Oh God, oh, oh, oh. They're showing a McDonald's menu. The quarter pounder was 76. Oh, let's get, let's get to the Big Mac. Gang, the Big Mac was 65 cents. Fish filet was 48 cents. A cheeseburger was 33 cents. Fries were 26 cents. Not unless you stepped your game up and got a large 46 cents. The apple pies. Not apple pie, but the hot apple pie. You guys remember that white sheet of plastic paper and shit that only covered like half of it? That shit was molten hot. You knew it, but every time you bit into it, holy ball sack. You suffered a nine degree burn on the roof of your mouth, but the stuff was delicious. A regular hamburger was 26 cents. You guys remember the carton of milk was at eight ounces? 20 cents. Coffee, 15 cents. Oh, got to be more careful. I remember those days. Roll the tape. I have continued to do so. I hope you enjoyed this little walk down memory lane. Thank you so much for watching. Why don't you come up here, Okay, apparently that is it. Pause the tape. End the tape. Now that I'm sitting here in monetization mode, let's give a little credit so this video stays up. I've seen this stuff before. It's called Ready for History. R-H-E-T-T-Y. Clearly, he and I are in the same generation. Gang, first I just belched. Hashtag unprofessional. That was fun. Gang, Uncle Bobby has only given you three big motherfucking problems. So as a result, Uncle Bob's going to give you three big motherfucking solutions. First one up, not knowing that racism is still going on, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it, it's still going on. And two, stop acting shocked and surprised that a country that was founded on racism still has racist shit going on. Do you guys not realize that on the strength, we still have to fight to get the confederate flag taken off of school buildings public school buildings you cannot open up your wallet and pull out a dollar that does not have a slave owner's face right on it and before someone says you know what big guy I hear your argument but you can't judge today's moralities on yesterday's standards yes you can you want to know how I know? 
because the slave that did not want to be a slave in 1766 doesn't want to be a slave in 2022. You're looking at it from the wrong point of view. Abuse is still abuse. Dehumanization is still dehumanization and it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. So when you got some fuck, you got, you got some fuck faces in blackface, stop acting shocked and surprised. Now, again, I want to acknowledge my white family members that 5,000% step up and say, this is sitting on some bullshit. But for the 5 million that step up, we still need 1 million more. And again, I will shovel shit on my own shoulders. It's no different than misogyny. If you were born with a dick in this country, congratulations, you were born a misogynist. So when you see our sisters getting mistreated, it's up to us. No, no movement gains traction until its antithesis joins in. Hey, Toots, that was a good job. Why did you call her Toots? Her name is Deborah. Well, you know, it was just a term. You're like, no, it's not just a term. You called him Steve. You called her Toots. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stare you in your eye. And I'm going to make sure you say Deborah. Same thing, right? It's one thing for me to sit here and say, yo, blackface, that's real fucked up. It carries more impact when my white family members say, go home, go home, wash it off, come back and apologize to all these black people. Give me a break. No movement gains traction until its antithesis joins in. So yeah. Racism still happens. No, you can't be shocked and surprised. But yes, we need our white family members in this fight. Next one up, Herschel Walker, shut the fuck up. Again, that pastor was so passionate that it makes me want to go back to church. I actually was given a link because I made a comment on Twitter. At RCRead40, yes, that was a cheap plug. Hit the follow button, do the right thing. That pastor nailed it. Herschel Walker is one of the... When you make the list of the top 50 running backs in the NFL, you got to call Herschel Walker's name. No list is complete without Herschel Walker. At 47, he was like, I'm going to try MMA. And you know what he did? He did it. He was fucking phenomenal. He got bored in his 30s, like, meh, I'm going to go get an Olympic gold medal. You know what he did? He got an Olympic gold medal in the bobsled. No black dude in a bobsled. What is his ballet stuff? He became a principal ballet dancer. But gang, as athletically gifted as Herschel is, he is equally, equally, equally unqualified to be a candidate for Senate for his fucking PTA. But Herschel Walker has 
what Trumplicans need. And that is a puppet. One, it helps them control the government. Two, it gives them a shield. Go back and look at that tape that me and Bundy looked at. We can't be racist. I support Herschel Walker. And they straight up said, we don't care about his hypocrisy. We need that seat. I'm just as tired as you guys are. You want to stop talking about it? Vote Herschel, Bobert, Gates, Jordan, Green. Vote them into a state of non-conversation. If you're sick of it, go vote. We need to stop having this conversation game. Next one up, and lastly but not leastly, Generation X. Do not shut the fuck up. We're the greatest generation of all time. We were born smack dab in the middle. We got yesterday's uh, hard knots, and we are perfectly suited to absorb today's sensitivity. I just think about the 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 travel that I've taken, the words that I don't use, the attitudes that I've thrown in the garbage can because I'm smack dab in the middle. I've got yesteryear's toughness, and I'm saying this with a gentle tongue with today's softness, and you need that. Because without that softness, that flexibility, you don't learn. You're throwing seeds on infertile ground. My generation is the generation that took the word faggot and said, we're putting in the garbage can. Our attitudes towards everything, we've been able to mold. Our skin is thick because we were raised tough, but our mind and our heart is pliable because we understand what today's kids are talking about. We grew up with cigarette smoke in our face. We wiped our hands in truck stop bathrooms. Again, it was supposed to be white, but the shit was brown and on a clean day, right? <laughs> we rode bikes without the armor. We, we did all that shit. Broke our arms, broke our legs. We did all kinds of fucked up shit. And because of that, the good stuff from our childhood, we kept. And we passed it on. The stuff that we now know better, we discard it. Because we're Generation X. Oh yeah, yeah, our race is halfway done. It is. For me, I'm like, oh, it's about time. For some, that's a hard thing to hear. But let me tell you something, Gen X. We're on the clock. We're on the clock. Before you know it, we're going to be in our 60s. We're going to be in the 70s. Let me tell you something. And I've said this before. If you want to be remembered, make sure you live a life that is worth remembering. Remember all the shit that we grew up with. I told you, the first person to call call me a nigger was my kindergarten teacher. She kept her job. She regretted it because my dad tore her a new asshole. 
But that's how we grew up. I don't have kids, but I got work daughters. I've got work sons. I know I've got some influence on a couple of people. The stuff that was good, I pass on. The stuff that I know better, I've discarded. Some of our childhood and our teenage years, it needs to die off. We're a good generation. We're a great generation. The good parts about being Generation X, again, if you want to live forever, pass on the good portions of what made us who we are today. Our names will die out, but our lessons don't have to. Pass the baton to somebody else. Make the next generations better because we were the fucking best. All right, gang. The big guy's held you long enough. He's signing the fuck off. Jen and Truth. Let's go.